Welcome to the Sales Engagement Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Outreach, the leading sales engagement platform, and they just launched Outreach on Outreach, the place to learn how Outreach, well, does Outreach. Learn how the team follows up with every lead in record time after virtual events and turns them into revenue. You can also see how Outreach runs account-based plays, manages reps, and so much more using their own sales engagement platform. Everything is backed by data pulled from Outreach processes and customer base. When you're done, you'll be able to do it as good as they do. Head to outreach.io slash onoutreach to see what they have going on. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, it's Mark Costaglo. I'm the head of sales at Outreach. Uh, it's been a long time since I've been on the Sales Engagement Podcast, but they pulled me out of retirement for a momentous occasion. I have with me Mary Shea. Mary Shea, why don't you introduce yourself real quick? Hey, Mark. Hi, everyone. It's great to be here. My name is Mary, or Mary Shea, in one syllable, as people like to say. I'm the global <laughs> innovation evangelist here at Outreach, and so happy to be uh, a guest on your show, Mark. Yeah, so it was funny. Our CRO, Anna Baird, came to me. He's like, Mark, I have this crazy idea. I want to ha- hire the analyst that did our Forster Wave, the analyst that has kind of been at the forefront of what modern sales technology and the modern sales tech stack is. She's helped to find that for the industry. She went out and she did it. Mary came aboard. And I've been so excited ever since to hear how Mary talks about it. Mary, you've just created a point of view on our category, on our industry. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about that? Yeah, so thanks so much, Mark. And it's been six months that I've been at Outreach, but naturally I've been following the company for many, many years as an analyst on the outside at Forrester. And really, I spent the last six months uh, talking to executives across the business, uh, many, many different folks across the business to understand how they're thinking about the category. I continue to speak with my analyst friends, customers of outreach and others that I value their opinion in the marketplace. And I started to pull together my thoughts for where I think our category is going. As probably most of your listeners know, there's massive convergence that's happening in the sales technology marketplace. And this piece of research really builds on to the sales tech tide that I was the lead author on uh, in early 2021, where we looked at all of the, I guess, primarily the 15 major sales tech categories and defined them and talked about where we saw things going collectively with my Forrester colleagues. And then as I came to outreach and really started to learn more about the company from the inside out, so to speak, this is really my view of what's going on in the marketplace, where outreach is going, and how this new class of leaders that I'm calling revenue innovators is emerging in the midst of all of this chaos as we hope to ramp off of the pandemic, but find ourselves in another phase of it. Yeah. Well, Mary, you know, I think you could have done something like this at Forrester, but you did it at Outreach. What about your situation now helps you do this even better and provide like a deeper insights than you would have been able to in the past? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, an analyst at Forrester is one of the best jobs in the world, but you know, after doing that for six years, I was ready to tackle on a, a new challenge. And I think the... 
you know, the amount of intellectual freedom and space that Anna and, and Manny, our CEO, have given me and provided me and the platform that the company has provided to me is almost bigger and broader than what I had at Forrester. And so I have less pressure of those day-to-day, hour-to-hour deadlines and transactional interactions that I used to have with clients and more time to conduct research and think more deeply about some of these topics without the constraints of a lot of different things that I had to do day to day as an analyst. And so it was great. I, I took several months to really work on this. And I think the time and the conversations that I had with people and the ability to really just envision what this future is going to look like for us boded really well for the paper. And I'm really proud of what we've come up with. So, you know, when we spend time thinking about something for a long time and then we are forced to write it out there's something magical that happens like we get a revelation we there's an aha moment that we just never would have gotten without that process like what's your biggest aha moment that's the most surprising thing that you walked away from in that process yeah i mean i think i mean this isn't necessarily extraordinarily surprising but it was something that i found to be really motivating and positive. And as I I thought about all of the challenges that individuals have, that companies have, and globally that we're having as a result of everything that's going on, I found that simultaneously with those challenges, there's this juxtaposition of innovation that's happening that is more exciting than anything that I've seen in my lifetime. You know, whether that's the maturation of um, machine learning and and AI to really start to provide uh, business leaders like yourself with lots of different options uh, for decision-making, whether it's the automation that's taking salespeople out of, um, you know, the data entry game. Or uh, I just read this the other day. There's this new vehicle that's designed to fly over the water from Boston to, I think it's New York or Washington, and it hovers right over the water. It is completely sustainable from an energy standpoint. It's faster than the Acela and there's no traffic. And so, you know, when you think about everything that's happening and all the challenges that we have from climate change to social unrest, to labor shortage, to inflation, to, I didn't check the stock market today, but I know yesterday was a bad day. But then there's just so much that's happening that's incredibly exciting. So that's the part that I'm I'm taking away from all of this is that, yes, we have challenges, but we have tremendous, tremendous opportunities ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Th- that's one of the beautiful things about outreach is our culture is very positive. It's very hopeful. It's like looking for the best in things. And that's how we do uncover these different pockets of innovation. And I think though, Mary, innovation requires processing. It requires understanding to really become impactful. As you talk to all these business leaders in all these years that you've been at Forrester and at outreach and even previously, how are the best processors thinking about this innovation? Like what is like the thought that is getting going to get them ahead of people that aren't thinking that way? Yeah, that's such a good question. And it kind of reminds me of the the conversation I had with Guy Raz and we invited Guy to speak with some of our clients and I was fortunate enough to be part of that conversation. He was talking about innovation and spinning his, um, brand and podcast out of NPR back in the day and the type of innovation that it takes to, build companies and what entrepreneurs need. You know, I, I I think it's, there needs to be 
an atmosphere where innovation can thrive, right, Mark? And I start to, when I think about outreach, I, I, I go back to some of the cultural dynamics that I think are so wonderful, where you have people like Manny and Anna who are are taking vacations, who are telling people about their vacations, who are encouraging people to take their days off, where we have the refresh days. And right now here, I'm on the tip of Cape Cod um, in great white uh, shark territory, as you know, and I'm doing a workcation and I'm working, you know, as hard as I ever do, but I'm taking a 10 mile bike ride every day in the sand dunes. And so being at a place where there's an encouragement for your physical, mental, intellectual health, I think is the first start to creating a really innovative environment. And then of course, there needs to be processes and in collaboration and guardrails and things of that nature that will help uh, accelerate. But I think having the culture that we have at Outreach is, is a really wonderful start. And I'm feeling actually more creative professionally than I have in my entire life. Yeah. There's something that happens when you're in the right environment that certain synapses in the brain that have been dormant wake up and they start firing and you start having these unbelievable thoughts when you're looking at like these different areas, I think the sales tide had 15 areas of sales technology. Is that right? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. As you're looking across those, what is the, like, that's a lot for a sales or a revenue leader to think about 15 different areas where I can apply technology. Like it sounds like a, sounds like a mess. Like how are, are you guiding people to think about those 15 areas and how they work together? Yeah. And so those 15 areas were just um, 15 areas that we chose to focus on. If you look at the overall sales tech stack, you're, you're going to see hundreds or even thousands of point solutions out there. So it's extraordinarily confusing for business leaders to make sense of all of this. And, you know, some of the biggest trends that we uncovered that I think are continuing to move pretty quickly is uh, the consolidation and the movement away from this mashup of point solutions. I think it made a ton of sense back in, you know, 2015, 2016, when the innovation on the sales tech side was really just starting to bubble up. But now we've got some more mature companies. We've got a number of unicorns out there. We've got companies that are reaching tremendous milestones. The technology is maturing. And at the end of the day, sales technology buyers tell me, tell us, you know, we don't want to have a hundred different apps. We want to make a bet on, you know, a couple of different providers that have this vision for the future and that are going to work with us and continue to innovate from a product perspective uh, to create a platform where every member of the revenue team can get value, can work effectively, that have workflows that match how the, how they um, go to market on a daily basis. And ultimately that can extract all of that rich data back up into the platform and the system so that we can provide continuous insights. So I think we are moving away from more to uh, less and companies really kind of picking and choosing those, those platform providers. And naturally, I think that outreach is really leading the charge, at least in the engagement and intelligence space. And I think that you've coined a term that I'd like you to introduce on this podcast. You have a podcast about it. And I'd like you to define what that term means to you and why it's so important in the in you know sales and in revenue okay what term are we talking about it's it is it in door number one door number two or door number three i think you're you've coined i've never heard someone say revenue innovators before i heard you say it and i think that when yeah. you coin that term you you have some definition behind it 
you're creating podcasts and a content around it. You're gotcha. trying to spur people onto something. So help me help us understand that yeah. a little bit better. Yeah, so I came up with a term, uh, revenue innovators, and actually it was part of a pretty collaborative process uh, with um, a number of different folks internally as we talked through a bunch of these different ideas. And so this concept of innovation just kept rising to the top of my mind, and um, we really started to think about this new term, which is uh, revenue innovators. And I really call this a new cohort or a new class of leaders that put spires at the center of their strategies, that arms themselves and their sellers with the most innovative sales technologies, that over-indexes on data rather than intuition to inform their business decisions. And so, you know, I know you and I talk a lot about data and the role that data plays in your first line and second line sales managers' lives, but... These are the kinds of things that I was thinking about how much the role of a sales leader, revenue leader has really changed back um, from the day that, that, that I was one to today where you really need different attributes and different skills. And my conversations with you, Mark, and also with Anna and a number of other folks actually spurred a lot of this creativity around what I think this new revenue innovator looks like. And, you know, you can be a revenue innovator who is the top sales officer at the company. You can be a manager, or you can be a rep. And I've gone down to really define six core features or attributes that each of these leaders, managers, and reps need to have in order to be successful in this modern and modern selling and buying, buying environment that we find ourselves in. Yeah, I think that's one of the concepts that I love most about revenue innovators was it's not just a sales leader. It's not just the CRO that can innovate. The rep can innovate all the way down to their their level. Like what what are you thinking of as some of the advantages that revenue innovators have over people that are kind of stuck in the old way? Yeah, I mean, I think the 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 reality is the world is shifting and it has been shifting for a while mark before the pandemic hit and then when the pandemic hit it really hastened a lot of the trends that we saw around digital transformation digital sales transformation and so you know you have to move with with the world and um i spent a lot of time speaking at sales kickoffs and talking to sales leaders that have been in their roles for many, many years and reps and people who don't want to change and do want to change. And the reality is if you want to be relevant and instrumental and impactful in this business world, you're going to have to evolve and refine your skills to make sense for how buyers want to buy. And buyers have been trained by their experiences and inter interacting with their favorite marketplaces, Amazon and others, right? So, you know, instantaneous access to information, personalized advertisements, um, pricing transparency, what have you. And so they're expecting that in the business world. And um, I really think sales leaders, managers, and reps need to take a hard look at their skill set and continue to evolve and develop so that they can be highly successful, not only today, but five and 10 years from today, if that's what they choose to do. Well, we're going to have you read the paper at the end of this podcast. Before somebody listens to that, what's something that you want them to walk away with after listening to you read this, uh, this POV? 
Yeah, I I really want them to be inspired. I mean, we are at the center of some amazing activity as business models, selling strategies and methods and everything is changing. And so I would like anyone who reads this paper to be inspired and to try to learn one new thing a day, do something differently, to experiment, to challenge themselves to be the best they possibly can be in the role that they have. I love that. And so we'll have you read the paper in a second here. I just want to wind up by asking you this is this is kind of your first thing that you've done. I know because we talk all the time, you got some other stuff coming that's really excited that you're really excited about. Why don't you preview just a little bit about some of the stuff that you have coming after this? Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Mark. So I've got a couple of uh, blogs that are coming up. Um, one is uh, titled uh, Reflections of a Re- Reluctant Road Warrior. So I crowdsourced a bunch of information from all of my favorite road warriors out there, as well as my own experience and going back and forth to Seattle from Portland, Maine um, over the last several months and provide some advice and guidance for folks who are getting back out to business travel. So that should be fun. We've got a couple of other things that are in the works, and I've just gotten back some amazing data that we partnered with Forrester on that really looks at what are B2B sales leaders across North America and the UK thinking about, worried about, how do they feel about their own skill sets, their manager skill sets, and their reps? What kind of technologies are they relying on? Where do they feel gaps? And what's impacting their go-to-market strategy? So I'm right now I'm analyzing that data, and um, I'll be publishing a lot of stuff um, based on that data. And also just got some positive feedback from Harvard Business Review that they're interested in a piece uh, from uh, from us, Mark. So I can't make any promises, but we're uh, ho- hopefully we'll we'll have a nice published piece in HBR, which has been something of a personal professional goal of mine for some time. Awesome! I just want my name in it one time, please. No, <laughs> <laughs> we we got we got to we we got to do a byline together, Mark. I have an oh. idea for us. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Mary, uh, people that want to follow you, people that want access to how you're thinking about things, your research, your uh, analysis on research, like where can they catch up with you? How can they find that? Yeah. So I'm very visible and available on LinkedIn. I'm also use Twitter and um, people can catch me at at, uh, my outreach.io email. And um, I'm publishing on a regular basis. So I also go to the outreach uh, website to see more of my stuff. Well, thanks, Mary. And listen, I just want to frame this up. Uh, You know, Mary spent weeks in her lab thinking about this, using a breadth of conversation that few people in the world get access to. She's uniquely qualified to write a point of view piece on what's happening with revenue and technology and the impact that it's going to have on commerce in general. And so I'd encourage you to stick around, put it on 2X if you only got 10 minutes. Mary, it's about a 20-minute, 30-minute read, right, all together? Yeah, probably a little bit short, under 20. Under 20. So it's a great way to just get your brain moving and to be inspired, as Mary said, to think about what the future is, what innovation you can bring, and to feel energized about where we're going as an industry. So thanks so much, Mary Shea, for doing that. Thanks for reading that paper. I hope you stick around and listen to it. Everybody, we'll see you next time on the Sales Engagement Podcast. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, everyone. Outreach marries engagement and intelligence to transform its category. Point of view article written by me, Mary Shea, and read by me, Mary Shea, Global Innovation Evangelist at Outreach. CRM singularity fades, 
as new technologies mature. For almost a decade after Salesforce's IPO, the sales technology landscape remained largely unchanged as most companies viewed customer relationship management, or CRM as we call it, as the only critical technology solution for the sales organization. But CRM was never designed for sellers. In its earliest iteration, CRM was intended to help companies accelerate invoicing. Then it was utilized to manage day-to-day seller activity, and eventually it became a pipeline management and forecasting tool. CRM's user interfaces and workflows were never tuned to how sellers do their jobs, and as such, they never embraced it. Over the years, lack of seller adoption has caused significant information gaps and data inaccuracies in CRM systems leading to disjointed customer experiences, an inability to drive insights, and poor visibility into pipelines and forecasts. Many barriers stand in the way of CRM success. According to Gartner, data quality poses major challenges to improving commercial performance, while Forrester identifies the top three challenges CRM professionals face as creating a single view of customer data, providing customer insights, and managing data quality. In 2015, with marketing's one-to-many digital transformation well underway, new sales technologies with a scalable one-to-one focus began to emerge and to attract investor and analyst attention. Companies with nascent engagement capabilities such as ToutApp and Yesware, as well as early enablement players like Seismic and Highspot, all raised sizable rounds of capital. In mid-2015, when I joined Forrester, The sales technology marketplace was just taking off, and some of the world's largest B2B brands began to digitally transform their selling organizations. Today, hundreds of point solutions make up a fragmented sales technology marketplace, while leading providers extend capabilities and land multi-billion dollar valuations. Although CRM is still an important component of the sales tech stack, sellers now work from other more relevant layers, such as sales engagement, email, and LinkedIn, while sales leaders turn to revenue intelligence and operation solutions to better meet their strategic and execution needs. In a 2020 survey of sales technology buyers, 68% said the value they perceived from their sales engagement solutions was high or very high. While CRM has been a necessary system of record for most organizations, it never fully delivered on its promise as it doesn't enable or enhance critical processes for marketing, sales, and post-sale personnel. As newer adjacent sales technologies mature and consolidate into Uber platforms, expect CRM to play a lesser or different role in the modern sales technology stack. Challenges abound as businesses face the next normal. As we move into the next phase of the pandemic, Life as we know it won't return to the way it was. Global supply chains are stressed, labor shortages are rampant, and higher inflation rates are on the horizon. Economic realities combined with demographic shifts, political unrest, and unprecedented technological innovation all point to a near-term client that will be both unpredictable and transformative. Business models, sales strategies, buying motions, and even the broader sales technology marketplace are all in flux. Whether it's keeping up with rapidly evolving buyers, leading a multi-generational sales force, or becoming more data literate, today's revenue leaders face a myriad of challenges. In a recent Forrester study, 
54% of sales leaders said the uncertain economic environment would most heavily influence their go-to-market strategies, while 38% said it was changing buyer requirements. While near-term challenges abound, revenue leaders must also prepare their organizations for the selling models of the future. Gartner predicts that by 2025, 60% of B2B sales organizations will transform from experience and intuition-based selling to data-driven selling, merging their sales processes, sales applications, sales data, and sales analytics into a single operational practice. And if that's not enough, 42% of companies that sell to other businesses now operate with fewer sales personnel than prior to the pandemic. While B2B revenue leaders claim to create buyer-centric strategies, it's not yet working. The perception gap between sellers and buyers is wide, as 65% of sellers say they always put the buyer first, while only 23% of buyers agree. Changing demographics also impact the buying process. Millennial buyers aren't tasked with just researching suppliers. These digital natives now are key influencers and economic decision makers. In the United States, 48% of millennials say they make B2B purchase decisions. In addition to their proclivity for digital interactions, this cohort values a supplier's corporate culture and position on social issues of the day. Changing dynamics create new challenges for B2B sellers, managers, and leaders. According to Forrester's 2021 B2B buying study, the number of interactions needed to close a deal went from 17 in 2019 to 27 in 2020. The 2019 Gartner Buyer Survey revealed that an average of 11 individual stakeholders are involved in B2B purchases today, and that number can occasionally flex up to nearly 20, depending on the complexity of the purchase. With the reduction of airline routes, the efficiency gains from virtual selling, and the emergence of hybrid work models, B2B sellers need to refine their digital, virtual, and analog interaction skills to succeed in hyper-hybrid formats. Sales managers, who have one of the toughest jobs in the revenue organizations, must stretch too. With fewer ride-alongs and post-meeting debriefs at Starbucks, managers need to increase their data and analytics skills. Managers need to need tools to optimize and scale their coaching practices. And even though many organizations struggle with data quality issues, revenue leaders are now expected to over-index on data to inform their decision-making. A new cohort of revenue innovators emerges. There's no question the last year and a half has been and continues to be challenging, but the pandemic has hastened, not halted progress. According to Gartner, 69% of board of directors accelerated their digital business initiative following the COVID-19 disruption. It's within this backdrop that a new class of leaders is emerging. We call these transformational leaders, managers, and reps revenue innovators. This new cohort puts buyers at the center of their strategies, arms themselves and their sellers with the most innovative sales technologies, and over-indexes on data rather than intuition to inform their business decisions. Revenue innovator leaders deliver predictable, efficient growth, have finance and data literacy, and procure innovative sales technologies for their organizations. The revenue innovator sales manager delivers predictable cross-team production, champions their team's career development and mental fitness, and ingests data to inform their coaching and other actions. 
And the Revenue Innovator Rep is a predictable producer who embraces hybrid methods and leans into collaboration. Revenue innovators need a platform, not a point solution mashup. Revenue innovators cannot achieve maximum performance if they use inconsistent processes and leverage a slew of different apps, each with their own data and user experience, to build pipeline, manage opportunities, and close deals. Today's predominantly millennial sales force wants to be seen, heard, and involved. They expect to have access to top-tier digital tools, and they strive to make data-driven decisions. Unfortunately, these modern reps and managers get bogged down by siloed sales op- applications that force them to act as their own data and systems integrator to piece together a picture of what's happening in their pipeline. And many of these folks don't view CRM as fundamental to helping them do their jobs. As technologically aware chief executives and boards demand more profitable growth, Digital natives make up half of the global workforce, and global and social uncertainty prevail. Revenue innovators will rise up and embrace more sophisticated strategies. Instead of relying exclusively on quota-carrying reps to drive top-line growth, they must weave together the right mix of technology investments, talent profiles, and enablement programs to cost-effectively boost rep productivity. They must hire and retain a sales force that reflects their customers and society at large. And they must be prepared to communicate with empathy, collectively and individually, with staff impacted by the latest pandemic-induced challenge, as well as global, social, or political issues. Currently, the average rep spends only 23% of their time on core direct selling activities. According to Forrester, in the future, maximizing productivity for all types of sellers will differentiate organizations. To engage efficiently and effectively, all members of the revenue team need access to a platform that automates interactions across phone, virtual meetings, email, and text across the entire customer lifecycle. As time-consuming administrative tasks are rooted out and automated, reps will spend their time on higher-value activities, such as deepening and extending relationships, delivering insights, and negotiating and closing deals. Revenue innovator sales managers must evolve their skills to become more data-literate and technology-savvy. But according to Gartner, frontline and overlay sellers, along with front and second-line managers, are rated as having the lowest sales data proficiency, despite their focus on sales data and seller activity. With hybrid work environments the norm, managers need the ability to coach reps in digital, virtual, and analog settings. They need easy-to-consume data and analytics to help them quickly understand what activities, messaging, and channels drive the best results so they can guide their reps on how to continuously improve their interactions and business outcomes. For revenue innovator leaders to deliver predictable, efficient growth, new sellers must ramp faster. Tenured sellers must take on larger territories, and both must deliver exceptional buyer experiences. Self-directed and digitally activated buyers leave sellers with less time to influence buying decisions. Larger, distributed buying committees elongate deal cycles, and sellers need different skills to hit their marks in virtual or hybrid meeting formats. Modern buying and selling scenarios require modern solutions. Today, all members of the revenue team need a single platform to manage their unique workflows, gain actionable insights, and navigate an increasingly complex buying process. The outreach, engagement, and intelligence platform provides all of that. 
Automation takes care of mundane tasks. Artificial intelligence surfaces options. And users apply their own emotional intelligence to shape their market-facing interactions. Engagement and intelligence enable predictable, efficient growth. All revenue leaders strive to deliver predictable, efficient revenue growth. But even those with strong quantitative skills struggle if they don't have access to the right data and analytics. Too many sales organizations take a siloed approach to pipeline generation, opportunity management, and forecasting. Unfortunately, this unintentionally severs the continuous revenue cycle, resulting in incomplete visibility into the pipeline and forces leaders to contend with streams of disparate information often pulled together manually and reviewed in offline formats. With this approach, as soon as the data is collected, it's out of date. Guesswork using limited data results in forecast inaccuracies and an inability to take corrective actions to improve outcomes. Human error and inconsistencies across individuals and teams further confound the problem. To account for inaccurate data and address the lack of human objectivity throughout the process, revenue leaders have had to overlay their homegrown algorithms and intuitions on top of their models. In an August 2021 commission study conducted by Forrester on behalf of Outreach, almost one-third of B2B sales leaders said their forecasts were derived by selecting key deals and adding in quantitative analysis to arrive at their final number. This static and unscientific approach makes it impossible to dynamically and accurately manage the business. As well-directed human intuition is still important, it's now time for all members of the revenue team to approach their roles and daily activities with a more scientific bent. Reps and managers need analytics and easy-to-consume dashboards that help them assimilate data, identify patterns, and take action. Revenue operations practitioners need ability to drive, measure, and report on results at every level of the organization. And revenue leaders need 360-degree visibility to optimize decision-making and deliver accurate forecasts. As data-driven approaches to managing revenue-generating activities and processes have become the norm, B2B organizations that lack a centralized engagement and intelligent platform, one that provides data and insights across the entire revenue cycle, including activities, opportunities, accounts, and pipelines, will be at a significant competitive disadvantage. The myriad of responsibilities and decisions top revenue officers face on any given day is daunting. But with a centralized engagements and intelligence platform, the job is easier. The outreach platform makes revenue innovators more efficient by continuously inspecting the revenue system to show teams what's not working in their processes and to guide them to take actions in real time to fix it. Outreach helps revenue innovators drive growth by instrumenting the revenue cycle and using telemetry to proactively guide teams to maximize growth. Revenue innovators who use outreach see increased growth and predictability in their business and evolve their forecast process from predicting the future to changing the future by evaluating and executing on recommended actions. In a climate where uncontrollable external events and ongoing market volatility are the norm rather than the exception, robust pipeline management, deal optimization, and accurate forecasting are more critical than ever. This was another episode of the Sales Engagement Podcast. 
To help this get in front of more eyes and ears, please leave us a shining five-star review. Join us at salesengagement.com for new episodes, resources, and the book on sales engagement. To get the most out of your sales engagement strategy, make sure to check out outreach.io, the leading sales engagement platform. See you on the next episode.